Hello, and welcome to the Power Your Advice podcast. The Power Your Advice podcast is designed to bring financial advisors new ideas, why those ideas should be considered, and how to implement them into your business. This podcast is brought to you by Advisorpedia, the best place for advisors to grow their minds and businesses. And now, please join your host, Doug Heikinen. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Building a business takes the right product, the right people, and the right processes. And it takes time to do it the right way. When it all starts to come together and gain momentum, it becomes a movement. It's exciting. It's been close to a year since we first talked to Mike Nesson, the CEO of Kingswood US. Kingswood was beginning a path to significant growth, which is something that's come to fruition. Welcome back to the podcast, Mike. Thanks, Doug. Good seeing you again, and thanks for having me. Before we get to the amazing growth you're seeing at your firm, I'd love to get your opinion on some major trends you're seeing in the industry. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think that listen, there's there's plenty of statistics out there, you know, on on the on the trends of advisors and the the, the increase in the wealth and the, the need for financial advisors. But I think I think for me, I just look at it at boots on the ground. So the, the boots on the ground trend I'm seeing is. And I could, I could just see this by the advisors we're taking on. The last 20 years, you had some great advisors out there that ran their own businesses. Um, they stayed kind of isolated uh, in their own offices and you know, with their own people, and they built successful businesses. And what we're seeing now is, is advisors coming to us after 20 or 30 years of building their business and say, I need a succession plan. Um, I don't know anybody in my area that can take over my business. I don't have any family members that can take over my business. Do you guys and girls have people that can help me? And I think that's the biggest trend we're seeing at Kingswood US on the recruits we're bringing on. And I mean, let's say over the last six months, we've brought on five groups with that specific plan in mind, succession. Um, and, uh, and for us, that's one of the biggest things that's happening here. And that's different than a lot of other people are saying. They're saying advisors are working longer and older, and you're seeing advisors are retiring. That's interesting. Exactly. I mean, I, I we're seeing that, right? And it's almost the, you know, maybe it's the COVID experience that people had. I know many people that I thought would work, you know, into their 90s, and now they're sitting here at 55, 60 going, you know, I want to enjoy myself more. And so I'm not seeing that statistic. I'm seeing advisors who on the average age are 55 to 60, beginning to turn around and say, I don't know, there's a better life for me. I've worked my whole life. You know, I want to take care of my clients. As long as my clients are taken care of, I want to move on. Yeah. There's been illiquidity on the broker-dealer market. Why is that? And what's the opportunity there? Yeah. I mean, the broker-dealer market is uh, is totally illiquid. I think that for, for, for many BD owners that got into this business 30, 40 you know, 50 years ago, 25 years ago, you have that same succession planning issue. Um, they want to retire. They have a broker dealer, uh, could be 10 advisors at their broker dealer, could be there just one or two advisors, could be just them and a couple of family members. And they don't quite know what to do with the broker dealer. They don't know how to decouple themselves from the broker dealer. And I think that the liquidity has really helped us because no one understands it. We understand the broker-dealer market, um, and we have the liquidity to, to help these uh, people. Great. There was supposed to be an increase in advisors' interest in the adoption of alternatives, but you're seeing an even bigger trend here. Why is that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's two things, Doug. And the first thing is that 
you know, listen, you have to be competitive, right? I mean, yes, uh, the advisor count is shrinking. So that, that, that makes the environment better for the uh, advisors that are, that are in the game. Um, and you have the, the, the average wealth increasing. But I think the problem is, is that if you're not competitive, if you, if you don't offer a product that's different than the guys and girls next door, you'll never get the business. And I think the other major aspect to the alternatives is, 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 is taxes. I mean, alts have gone from a, a situation where they were being sold for an income stream to now the alts are being sold to be able to help the end client save on his taxes. And that's where you're seeing the growth. It's, ta- it's a tax saving mechanism, these alts. Advisors who range from 50 to 150 million have a choice to make. They can put their heads down to work harder, or they can make a choice to offload operational parts of their business and become part of something bigger, a community, and focus on what they do best. Why is that becoming more attractive to them? And I, again, I think, it, I think it all has to do with this collision of post-COVID. I want to I, I spend a little more time with my family to, you know, the increase and uh, increased pressure from the regulators for documentation, for information. Um, and I, I think, you know, if you have an advisor out there who loves, you know, being with his clients or, you know, her clients and, you know, who, who loves spending time with them and they come back to the office and they're just getting letters from the regulators for documentation and, and it's probably nothing wrong. It's just standard information uh, in their mind. They're like, well, what do I need this for? Let me offload all of this to a group. And let me just focus on my clients. So that trend continues. You've had a fantastic year of growth, as I mentioned at the top, in so many areas. What are the puzzle pieces you're putting together and what's the vision for tomorrow? I mean, yeah, the growth has been amazing. I think I think the pieces we're putting together now, I mean, if you think about what we've done over the last two years, I mean, two years ago, we were 35 advisors um, with six operational people. Now we're almost 20 operational people with you know, over 200 advisors. So um, I think the pieces of the puzzle are, how do I keep growing the business, bringing on advisors and keep making a platform for them that they're happy with, right? How do I keep bringing on good people, which we have now? How do I find these people and bring them on so that they can interact with the advisors and we can continue to keep the culture um, that we have here, which is amazing. You're seeing the addition of two to seven advisor groups come on board a month. And I hear lots of different reasons why they're joining you. I'm interested in your reasons why they're joining you. Yeah. I mean, like I always say to people, like we're a cool group of people, like, and we are where, where, where the, the operational infrastructure here, um, we are all energetic. We all don't mind working 16, 17 hours a day um, from, from the operational girls and guys right up to me. Um, we will do everything we can and go the mile for the advisor. So I think when we have an advisor uh, on the call, um, on a recruitment call or a meeting, I think they sense from us that this is a group that will go the extra mile for me. And this is a culture that I just don't see anymore. We're the, we're, we're the new, new kids on the block um, with the energy to make the advisors happy. And I think that's what's, that's what's why we're winning um, uh, the, the, this, this competitive battle, bringing on advisors. There's no real manual for how to build a company. Being at the top, how do you decide what are the right things to do and when? 
Yeah, I mean, I think you're right. There's no manual to building a company. I think my manual has always been work as hard as you can, try to do the right things and, and be fair with people. Um, and I, and I, think, I, I think with that attitude, um, I, I think that's what gets you there in a successful company. I mean, everyone, anybody in this company knows that they can call my cell phone at any time. Um, I'll pick it up. If I can't pick it up, I'll text them and say, I'll call you in five minutes. And I'm, I'm available to anybody. Now, does 250 people call me? No. Um, but I think the idea that I'm approachable to take a call from anybody and help solve their problem helps uh, uh, the way it goes downstream to all our other management groups, right? So everyone has the same, same type of attitude. You know, we're going to go the extra mile. We're going to help you if we can. And we're going to do the best. And, you know, I think that's you can't always get it right, but I think that's the formula for building a successful company. Your team is very talented. You've been together for years and they all have strong, independent personalities. How does a leader manage all the pieces and all these personalities? Yeah, I mean, just personally, I could say that, you know, what I've learned, uh, I learned later in my life that I'm, I'm dyslexic. It was, uh, it was interesting, you know, my whole, you know, uh, school career, I, I always struggled. Um, and but I knew I was good at certain things. And, you know, if you look at history and see some of the people that were dyslexic, you know, it was uh, Albert Einstein, Richard Branson, Barbara Corcoran. Um, and, you know, I, I think for me, because I'm dyslexic, my power is that at any given moment, I can think of almost everybody in, in this company in a box, right? And I could think about them, what they're doing, how I can help them, how I, you know, maybe they do need help, maybe they don't. Um, so I think that's the power here that in my head, I can think of everybody at once um, and, and see where I'm most valuable um, for them um, to help them. I think that's, that, that's to me, the number one. Is your plan coming together the way you thought it might, or has the path been full of surprises? <laughs> I mean, um, I would say, listen, I, I would say the answer to that question is simple. Yes, my plan is coming together the way I thought of about it. And yes, the plan has been full of surprises. And I, I think that, you know, if you speak to any successful, a, a leader has to be flexible. A leader has to be optimistic. Um, a leader has to come in every day um, and lead, right? Um, you know, and not lead from the clouds. A leader has to lead um, from boots on the ground. He has to be part of it or she has to be part of it. Um, and so it's coming together the way I want it to come together. And it'll continue to surprise me every single day. Lastly, let's talk about your excitement box. What's that full of for the rest of the year? Yeah, I think I'm most excited about the, the firm that we've built so far and the people. I'm most excited to come to work today because I really like everyone that, that works here with us. Um, and I think I'm most excited um, to take uh, this group and what we've built and bring it to the next level. And I know we can uh, because, like I said before, we're an awesome group. And there's not probably not one person in this universe that wouldn't want to work with us. Mike, thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to check back in the future and see what's going on. Thanks, Doug. Really appreciate it. Stay well. Please follow us for all the latest updates on Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook, all at Advisorpedia. For everybody at Advisorpedia, our producer, Jakey Beard, and the Power Your Advice podcast team, this is Doug Heikinen.